0: What's up, everybody? It is the Men and Winnie Podcast. On this show, we we talk to my friends that I've met around the world in this journey called life. For our very first episode, we'll go ahead and talk to one of my good friends, Mister Andy the Baldy Barker. Somebody told me that he's Holly. I I don't believe him, not one bit.
1: Not Yo, one what, bit. Up? What, what up? What up? Andy? What up? What <laughs> up? So, well, what's what's this so what's show about? On, what's this show about? Talk to me, Goose. I
0: mean, so like, so the show, the show's is basically I just sit around, um, interview, talk to my friends, see what's they going on, see their perspective on life itself.
1: Life is great. So What's
0: good with you? Life's great. All yours. right.
1: Um, yeah. Thanks for having me on, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace. All right, deuces. Just kidding. All right. Just kidding. <laughs> What's going on? A lot, man. A lot's going on with me right now. Um, I'm so so damn busy. First, uh, I guess I should ask: Is this a family friendly show?
0: Family friendly.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Do I need Not to curb? Really. Do I need to curb my sailor mouth? Is what I'm asking.
0: I mean, nah. Word. Nah. Word. Nah no
1: nah. good because that'd be really fucking hard for me to do i'm just saying
0: <laughs> you're fucking talking to me oops did i just cuss anyway <laughs> anyway
1: yeah so what's going on with me man a lot i got uh my hands in a bunch of different uh things right now um just finished up navy week here in st louis oh god and uh i i am the public affairs officer for my command so Man, I was running everywhere all week long. I probably took about 2,500 pictures. Um, doing all the gripping and grinning and meeting and greeting and, and running around with the Admiral, being the Admiral's bitch. I, I mean, aid. And, um, yeah. <clears throat> so uh, so that was just this week alone. And that's just just work. Um, what else is going on in my personal life? Well, you know, I got Connie Kent still... Uh, Still kicking my ass when I need it, which is probably about every hour. I um, mean, somebody needs to, right? Damn, Skippy. Um, and then let's see. So, my side things that I've been doing. So, I've been I'm involved in two film projects right now, two short film projects. Um, I started a small uh, multimedia company. So I do video editing, photography, things like that. I've got a couple clients right now that um, working on uh, projects with them. That's going pretty good. I host my own podcast. Here's a shameless plug if you're listening out there. Uh, it's nothing's off the table and we air every Wednesday night on the lose the radio network on Facebook. We are on at 8.30 p.m. Central Daylight Time. That would be 9.30 p.m. your time, Leigh, there in uh, Virginia. And um, we talk about anything and everything. And trust me when I tell you nothing is off the table, we've had some very
0: unique guests. Um, Speaking of guests, what was your favorite I know you had a flat earth guy. You had a uh, Shibari guy. You had that one conspiracy theory guy. I don't know. Whoa.
1: Yeah. Um, I would say probably <laughs> my favorite, my favorite guest is I did, um, a podcast with retired Navy CEO, Don Shipley. And he's pretty well, he was huge in the YouTube community until they blocked his ass. Um, <laughs> He's, he's gotta done something really bad to be blocked off the YouTube So so his claim to fame is is he goes out and he finds all these phony Navy seals and he outs them um, So a lot of them to try to get back and to be vengeful have claimed that he was harassing them, threatening them which um, definitely not threatening but uh, harassing I guess is very subjective. So yeah. if you want to call uh, you know, out somebody for doing something that they have no right to claim, then... It's kind of
0: like st- it's a stolen valor, Oh, well, it's
1: basically. 100% stolen valor, 100%. Yeah,
0: isn't that like against the law?
1: It is, I it is now. As a matter of yeah. fact, there was a case just recently, um, and I forget, uh, I forget where it is. I, I can look it up, but um, there was a case recently where a judge sentenced... Two people To jail time And I don't remember I don't remember how long the jail time was But part of their sentence um, Is they have to uh, Write the names Of all All the service members That were killed in Iraq and Afghanistan They have to um, I think they have to write Letters to all of the service members that were killed in Iraq and Afghanistan That were killed in their state Who's coming in? We got somebody
0: coming in? No, that's I'm trying to get on my...
1: Oh, I see um, yeah. And then when when they do Complete their sentence They have to uh, Their community service is They have to Oh God, I'm, I'm going to totally forget But they have to basically wear a sign saying That I am a liar I... Um, I stole Valor and then they have to volunteer at one of the veterans organizations every veterans day for the rest of their lives. So that was, <laughs> it's pretty harsh, but good on the judge. Good on the um, judge.
0: I think, I think that's a great punishment if you ask me.
1: Yeah. Um, it's very fitting. So, uh, so that was probably my favorite guest. We talked about, Um, well, it was like two old chiefs sitting in a goat locker, shooting the shit. Oh God. And it was, uh, it was just a lot of fun. (laughs) And it's my second most popular podcast to this
0: day. You know, I'm going to be honest. uh, That was the, what the, what was that? Was that the recent one?
1: No. Um, that was, this was a couple months ago.
0: Yeah. I don't think I've listened to that one just yet. I think it was during the time where I was actually, I had a job and I had to be an adult. Probably.
1: No, it it was excellent. So, um, just another shameless plug. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us, uh, we, nothing's off the table on YouTube. We are on just about every platform you can find for podcasting, iTunes, Spotify, um, uh, iHeartRadio, you name it. We're probably on it. And then recently, what's that?
0: I said I think I mean I don't think it's shameless I mean look I, the way how I see it I mean you know what I mean support yeah. support local support, support small support your friends you can stand in line to, to buy a 5,000 pair a $5,000 pair of Nikes or Jordans <laughs> it doesn't take much for you to get off your butt and go listen to a podcast that your shit friends made.
1: I'd never buy a $5,000 pair of shoes no matter
0: what Bro,
1: I cry when I spend $40 on my shoes. You ain't lying. Um, But, uh, and then I've recently been asked to uh, take over as co-host on the JTF 22 to 0 podcast. And that's Wednesday nights as as well. And that's, um, it's on before my show. So it's at uh, 7 p.m. my time, 8 p.m. your time. And again... You can find out on Facebook under the Lose the Radio Network. And what's great about those guys is they host, um, <clears throat> actually, they, they have, yeah, I guess host is the right word. But there's several shows under the Lose the Radio Network uh, banner. So, and we've got some decent, we've got some good sponsorship out of it. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm a busy, busy man.
0: So tell me about these small film projects.
1: Uh, so the first, um, the first one I'm working on, I'm actually the director of photography for another company called Attitude Creations. And I'm not going to say too much about their program, uh, um, their film, because, uh, number one, it's not my film. It's not, not my place to put it out. <clears throat> we haven't wrapped shooting on it yet, so I need to um, not say much. Um <clears throat> Okay, and then the other project is actually my project, so it's it's called Rest Area, and it's uh, it's basically based off of a short story I wrote about three years ago. <clears throat> Excuse me, and um, in a nutshell, it's about a uh, retired Navy SEAL that was a uh, that, that works for the CIA, and he just uh, just got off of a, a bad op where his partner was killed. What the heck is all that noise? What are you doing? Is this like built-in sound effects? I
0: have to get beer. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> anyway. I didn't know you could hear it.
1: <clears throat> oh, yeah. <clears throat> anyway, Steve. I can fix this. So, um, yeah. So, he's he's driving back cross-country to go home. He runs into a, uh, a meth head, basically has an encounter in a rest area. And he's kind of on the fence of whether he should stay in the cia and continue doing what he's doing or or call it quits so um we are about maybe a third of the way done shooting that
0: so did you write
1: oh yeah yes. I wrote, are you
0: starring in it no. or are you just a man behind the camera
1: no i wrote i wrote it um i'm producing it i'm just a guy behind the camera i've got uh some mm-hmm. local actors here in st louis that are that are um Starring in it, and they've been in the community, the acting community here in St. Louis for one of them's been in doing it for like 20 years, um, and the others have been doing it for, for quite a while as well. So, I'm uh, looking forward to, to wrapping that up and, and getting it out there. Um, I'm not going to put it on YouTube or anything yet because I want to enter it into a couple film festivals. So,
0: Sundance,
1: well, not Sundance, but local film festivals. Just, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, Maybe one day Sundance, Sundance who knows. Yeah, you know, i know don't. people
0: that know jason momoa so
1: I'll, you know <laughs> that's who you should try to get on your show
0: jason momoa mm-hmm. yeah i should yeah i don't know we'll and, see and then you should get um, him anyway. on my show in the rock and stuff i'm a little you know honestly i'm, I'm like not to get off something i'm just a little disgusted at what's going on on that um on the mount right now um We'll
1: talk about it. You know, so before you go too deep, why don't you tell people um, what is going on? Because I'm sure not a lot of people know what you're going to be talking about. So break it down.
0: Break down. All right. So there's a telescope that is being built on Kea. It's called the 30-meter 30, 30 telescope. It's supposed to be one of the biggest telescopes in the world. Mm-hmm. The problem is there is... 13 telescopes already on Mauna Kea and I want to say about four of them is no longer in operational so it's just sitting there collecting dust now the other problem is these Mauna Kea is considered sacred to us to um, the native Hawaiian people and it is on what's called ceded lands so basically, when oh, here we go.
1: Here we go. So when, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Here
0: we go down the rabbit hole. We go. So when the monarchy was overthrown by a bunch of sugar plane, sugar cane,
1: sugar um, planes,
0: sugar cane, oh, plantation owners, and with the help of the United States Navy, the um, they overthrew the Hawaiian monarchy Fuck blah it, blah maybe. blah, smackety. Um, long story short, it became part of the the, um, the United States. However, these ceded lands also was known as crown lands. It belonged to the monarchy. But there's a law in Hawaii where the ceded lands are for the Hawaiian people. So, basically, whatever use that land is, is for. Right. Mm -hmm. Whatever use they do, they have to benefit the native Hawaiians. That makes sense. Yeah. So what's happening is the people that monitor that land, they basically leased it out to the University of Hawaii. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is fine. So the university the University of Hawaii subleases it out to all these telescope people mm-hmm. all the you know researchers for a dollar a year so the money and everything else is not benefiting the the native Hawaiians and not only that when I say the mountain is Mauna Kea is sacred it is the tallest point in Hawaii it's the only place in Hawaii that snows it is where Papa Hauna Moku and Father Waakea met and gave birth to the native Hawaiians so it's kind of like it's kind of like Jerusalem And for, so, for the
1: Hawaiians
0: yeah but for the Hawaiians so <clears throat> they're trying to build this telescope on there but we as a people are so tired of getting our lands taken from us um, you know just being just shoved under the, rock, the rug I guess you could say and just not benefiting from anything that the state of Hawai'i does
1: Well just to play devil's advocate for a minute Go ahead If you have these Telescopes up there And the research is being done And it's being done For the Globe basically for the world Um not you take that as being Also for the people of Hawaii
0: Well Well the problem is there's like 13 telescopes up there Right okay and there's there's 13 of them up there now if they were to take like half of it down and build that telescope I'm pretty sure they wouldn't have a problem
1: mm-hmm.
0: but it's just the the
1: the fact the that they're want to take more land
0: yeah they're taking the land into corruption and we're just sick and tired of it that's that's really what it boils down to so it has nothing to do with with um, science against religion in fact the kumulipo which is what we call the, um, the Hawaiian, the beginning of the universe chant talks about, get this, you're going to love this, right? Hmm. The beginning, the very first verse of the Kumulipo, it talks about the Big Bang Theory, how the universe became.
1: So explain the Kumulipo for people that don't know.
0: So the Kumulipo is called the Hawaiian Creation Chant. Um, it's super long. Um, it's been taking forever to um, decipher. I personally only know bits and pieces of, of it, but it talks about how basically how we became. Hmm. Yeah. So
1: and it's kind of like, it like the Bible for Hawaiians?
0: It's kind of like the Bible for Hawaiians. It's kind of like oh, something like that. It's kind of like... But it's more if you if you read it and stuff, it's more scientific based mm-hmm. what, you know, what we taught in schools about the big bang theory and the micro, you know, it's like, it's really so, you know, and like, like I said, we're, we're not against science. I mean, we've used these stars to, to sell. I mean, Hokulea to this day, um, I know Thompson is one of our last master, uh, navigators He uses the stars The moons And the The, the current However they do I mean Everybody's seen Moana You know The way Was it the Wayfarers They call it Sure I mean, that- Yeah Moana right Wayfarers, Some shit
1: Something like that
0: Something like that What
1: about A la Moana Ala <laughs> a- 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 Moana
0: a- la Moana It's a local Shopping center It's anyway, a local Hawaiian so- joke yeah, yeah, so local guy. I'm more just disc- like so like so today, uh my my cousin reposted a video that really pissed me off. Oh, right? I just saw it. You just saw it? I just you, saw so it. you already know what I'm talking about. Yep, I reposted go ahead. it on yep, my Facebook. Go ahead. really pissed pissed me off, right? I am all about um protesting. I am all about standing for what's right. But when you go ahead and burn the American flag, you have an issue with me that is disrespectful and disgusting. I agree.
1: I couldn't agree more, actually.
0: And it really that really ticked me off. And, you know, we we preach kapu aloha, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. um, to nonviolence, to respect to protest, but have respect. But these idiots want to go in the middle of the street. I think it was like down. I want to say it was downtown Honolulu. It looked like it. and sit there and say "fuck America" and burn the flag. Hmm. That is straight some bullshit. I mean, let's be honest, guys. Like you know what I mean? I'm all about um, my culture, my native my native culture. I'm all about. Um. Speaking the language, knowing where we come from, the worship of our ancestors. But, but bruh, ain't no way we're going to have sovereignty. Get the fuck over it. Move on.
1: Yeah, it will never happen.
0: <laughs> that shit won't happen. Never happened. You know what I mean? Yes. And you know, you want to say it was legal. Fine. It was illegal. Whatever the hell you want to call it. We will never have sovereignty. Get over it. Move on. Teach our keikis and our younger generation about our ancestors, keep our culture alive, keep our language alive.
1: So, That's speaking, I speaking of that. your language, um, I, I understand that mahalo means trash. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to spit out your drink on that one?
0: Yeah, I'm to spit out my much. I
1: mean,
0: <laughs> mahalo is thank you. I mean, you know, we're polite. That's what we do. We put mahalo in a trash can because if you, mahalo for taking our trash.
1: Exactly, so. Oh, uh, Pala is trash, by the way. The, the the reason I bring that up is so my my first tour in Hawaii. Um, it's exact. You're exactly right. They put uh, Mahalo on all the trash cans, so I I thought Mahalo meant trash until I was educated properly. Everybody thinks Mahalo means trash. Well, of course, it that is so funny, man. Um, you know, I've actually been to the top of Mauna Kea a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. I love it up there. Um, the, the first time was not enjoyable.
0: Did you run out of air? Did you have to have the oxygen tank? Uh,
1: no. So uh, <laughs> we're at Pahakaloa Training Area, PTA on the Big Island. And of course, my company commander thought it'd be a great idea for uh, for the Marines to, to put on their, their uh, Kevlar flak and deuce gear and, and let's let's hike up to the top. It was not fun. It was not fun at all.
0: <laughs> I it, uh, so the first time I been up to Mauna Kea, it was it's actually a funny story. I was senior in high school. It was with my Hawaiian studies group. We went out there, and you know it was it was cool. Like I was. I went up there came back down took a pregnancy test <laughs> i was pregnant with my child yeah. <laughs> true story true story i believe it <laughs> true story <clears throat> we came down we went up there we um we danced to um, we was at Hale Hale mau, ma'u i believe it was called it was one of those other Cause you know they got different um, spots Where the lava spills out mm-hmm. And we danced to We did a hula called a um, e Pele You know basically it was a dance for um, Pele our Hawaiian goddess And stuff we danced it And it was it was man it was really creepy Because I, I swear Right we're hiking up there We're going up to Hale Ma'u And it was like Drizzling it was raining We get there we're all quiet and then we start doing our dance and then like sky cleared stop raining the whole time we danced
1: hmm.
0: and it was so creepy like you know it was with my Hawaiian Studies group when I was in uh, going to Waianae uh, high school mm-hmm. and we walk off the mountain like nobody dared to speak because it was creepy right and as we was walking back down it started to rain again Hmm. Yeah. And then we stopped at the store to get drinks, and I bought a pregnancy test, and I pissed on the stick, and I found out I was pregnant.
1: <laughs> Stay classy, hoy. <Hawaii.
0: laughs> My school had like it was like one of the highest pregnancy. We had like the highest pregnancy. It was so bad they actually had a um, daycare. Right? They had daycare. You, you could drop your kid off at this daycare, right? Which was, it wasn't in the school. It was, I think, I want to say it was about a mile from the school.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's As long as you're attending school and you have to attend like this this um, parenting class, like it was part for your the whole year you're, the, you're in school. It was part of your classes, right? Your electives. So as long as you attended that parenting class, You had free daycare. Well, that's not too bad then. It wasn't, but I mean, I thought it was pretty bad because. Well, it's bad in fact, if you have so many
1: teenage pregnancies, absolutely. But it's good that the school at least provides, you know, a daycare so that you can continue to get your education and not have to drop out of school.
0: Yeah. So how long were you stationed out in Hawaii? My first tour there
1: was 91 to 94, so three years. And then my second tour was 2000 to 2003.
0: Where you are stationed at?
1: Kaneohe. Kaneohe Bay on the windward side at the Marine Corps base. So I was uh, both tours actually with uh, 1st Battalion, 3rd Marines. So
0: grunting it up. Yeah. Yeah. My uh one of uh, my mom, my foster mom lives out there in uh Waimanado. Did you guys storm was it was it bellows? Bellows? Oh constantly. Bellows. Yeah, because wasn't Bellows part of cunning no Base?
1: Bellows is huh? actually an Air Force installation. But Okay, yeah, that's right. We used to do a lot of a um, amphibious type training out there. So I was uh actually I was doing a um Scout swimmer package Off of Bellows One night We are doing a night fin So they dropped us off uh, Of the Zodiacs And we had to fin in About 2,000 meters and, and do a beach reconnaissance And so I'm with my swim buddy And Something hit me in the water And moved me in the water Scared the shit out of me So you talk about A fast ass 2,000 meter fin in I never swam that fast Before in my life It was crazy it's funny.
0: It's probably my Almakura, the shark. You good?
1: No, if it was a shark, <laughs> and it took a bit a bite. It's probably a dolphin.
0: Probably a dolphin. Yeah. You, did you uh you ever been up to uh Lulule, Ko'olau, the shooting range out there oh, on the yeah. west side? Of
1: course. I've been all
0: over that damn island. Yeah. Cause I remember um uh, so before they built that was it H three? Mm-hmm. H three like the closest from going from the west side to uh, Kaneohe, mm-hmm. I remember they that was the only way. I wouldn't say the only way, the fastest way to get on that side was through uh, Lualualei, mm-hmm. the Ko'olau, right? Mm-hmm. But it was like a, a military I think it was like an army installation over there.
1: Uh, more than likely, yeah.
0: Yeah, because I think um, I know there was it was a Lualualei like naval weapons installation. But the army used to like do all their shooting stuff in that mm-hmm. that range over there. It was, it was like super, super weird, man.
1: Yeah, pretty li- pretty limited to what you can fire on Oahu. Uh, uh-huh. We would we would fire a lot of big shit around the Big Island in Pahakaloa. because you know there ain't there really ain't shit out there. Um, so we'd fire the howitzers, we'd do our heavy guns and, and our tow missiles and all that shit out there. But Oh uh, yeah. Good old good old little training bom- area. Uh, Hated that. You guys place. bombed
0: the sh- you guys bombed the shit out of Cohortlave too. E- well, we didn't so much. The
1: army did, but
0: yeah. 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 They bombed the shit out of Kohotlava, used it a bombing target, then gave it back to the state of Hawaii and Native Hawaiians and hmm. said, Hey, you guys clean the fucking thing up. <laughs> you want it so bad, take it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, clean the fucking thing up. It's crazy. That's dangerous. It's, it's, yeah, it is. And, you know, and and this is why I tell people all the time. It's like, there is no way we're going to get sovereignty. Get over it, and let's, let's move on. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I mean? So you're the public affairs of, officer now? I thought you was, like, a nurse or something.
1: Uh, yeah, Was so you, like, in a medical field? What my, happened? Yeah, so my degree is in nursing. Um... And I've been a Navy nurse for over eight years now, uh, but uh, due to some family problems, I had to had to come back to St. Louis, and I am no longer working as a nurse, which is fucking fantastic because I hate nursing, absolutely hate it. So I am uh, I am multi handed actually. I am the. Personnel officer I am the uh, Reserve pay officer I'm also the Public affairs officers, And a bunch of Other shit too So
0: I used to be In the reserves Yeah
1: Yeah it's It's weird man I tell you Working with the reserves After being active duty For so long It's um I don't get it's it It's different right I don't get it I don't Um But you know Whatever I do what they tell me Yeah
0: Yeah, I mean, well, I tell people all the time, I was like, you gotta understand, these guys are like less than part timers. You can't even call them part timers if you wanted to.
1: (laughs) Most of them I would agree with, but um, (laughs) the senior enlisted and and the senior officers, Mm -hmm. I don't know how they do it because they work, they spend a lot of their free time working and not getting paid for it for the Navy. Yep. In addition to, um, you know, coming in once a month on a weekend and doing their two weeks a year. And then on top of it, um, they have the possibility of getting uh, mobilized and and shipped out somewhere. So we manage 650 local reservists, and then we have about another 200 that actually um, come into the area. So uh, there's certain specialties that they hold, and Mm. we are the only... One of the only areas that they can actually drill out, of, drill out of, so they will um, um, commute once a month
0: into the area. So, so are you like part of the uh, the NOSC? Yeah, NOSC? yeah, the Naval yeah, Operational
1: Support the- Center.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was out of uh, uh, NAS Norfolk, but I also um, I actually worked. Um, off of Tidewater Ooh. Terminal Boulevard oh um, the reserve command over there so that was that was very interesting as a reservist that was very interesting I, I tell you I got so a new what, respect I for I won't go back over there
1: <laughs> what's that now
0: I said I won't go back over there I don't blame you
1: there ain't nothing over there anymore.
0: Anyway. So, so I always I so this is a question I always wanted to ask you, Right? oh ask lord you.
1: here we go yeah. No, I will I not like make to... out with you.
0: Ew, no. <laughs> oh, my daughter's my daughter is sending me a bunch of pictures of my grandson right now.
1: Then why are you saying you know about your daughter.
0: grandson? That's that's fucked up. I said my daughter is sending me a bunch of pictures of my grandson. Yeah, you totally missed it. that's right. all right. Inquiring minds wants to know, which is me. So you told me the story of why you got into jiu-jitsu. I really wanted want to know how and why. What motivated you to do judo? Um, I
1: I started out in judo. My dad got me into it when I was a kid. Okay. So it was just like, you know, um, back in those days, you know, it wasn't wasn't a suggestion. It was you're going to go do this with me. <laughs> okay. So that's how I got my start. It's a pretty pretty simple story. <laughs> <laughs> nothing yeah. no, nothing exciting, you know, or anything like that, but it is what it is. So, but um, when I, when he got me into it, I really, really enjoyed it. So I just uh, kept going with it. And okay. I had, I had some, you know, obviously when I joined the Navy, I, I stopped for quite a while and I had a lot of breaks in there um, mm-hmm. because of multiple, multiple deployments, constantly moving every two, three years. Uh, I couldn't really find find much of a place to train at, uh, consistently. So, you know, I got out of it for quite a while. And then, um, when I got to Pensacola, I found out that they had it. Um, no, I take that back. It was actually Virginia beach. (sighs) There was a club named uh, Tidewater judo club. And I went there and and I still had all my, my promotion certificates and everything. And well, I started, going to this one club and the sensei there told me says, well, if you, if you want to start here, you have to start back over as a white belt. And Oof. it should have been my first warning sign, but I was just so excited to find judo again. I'm like, all right, I yeah, it, whatever. I don't care. You know, I, am not a pro I don't care. You know, I, it's not, it's not the belt that makes the, the person. Right. So, okay. so I did. And, and of course, what do you expect? You know, I'm sitting there destroying the white belts and the yellow belts and the orange belts and and um, so they said well we'll test you to the yellow belt which is the next belt after white like oh wow okay thanks don't do me any favors pal you know so they did and then it was just like you know what I I can't I can't deal with you guys and I was even um, I was even giving it to their their one black belt instructor so uh, I think it was a lot of ego, and that's the thing. You know, that's one of the things I don't like about judo, uh, especially the judo nowadays, especially the IJ IJF type of judo, which is what the Olympics are um, ruled under. And uh, there's there's too much ego, you know. Um, there's mm-hmm. you know, there's there's something to be said for for being formal. There's something to be said for. Remembering and respecting tradition, um, but you know these guys are, took themselves way, way too serious. And I've gotten on, you know, a lot of the forums and judo and stuff, and I've gotten I've gotten in so many different arguments with these these clowns. And um, it, it's it's really sad. It's not funny. It's sad how how they put themselves on this pedestal, um, and. You know, most of them have never gone anywhere and done anything, you know, other than being a club coach. Uh, so it's just that's what kind of turned me off to judo. Um, right. But there's this big there's this big movement now. It's called freestyle judo uh, where they they teach and they allow you to practice uh, judo as it was meant to be. So lay grabs, uh, focus more on um, newaza, which is groundwork. Um, right. More the grappling, and so, yeah, I, I started uh, getting back into it. But by that point, I fell in love with jujitsu, which is crazy because I'm not even training now, which sucks.
0: Yeah, that sucks. You get back on the mat. I, well, I pot calling the kettle black. <laughs> yeah, I, I just have yeah, a f- you know.
1: I have to find a place that I um that I'm comfortable at. You know.
0: Yeah. So speaking of judo, right? Mm-hmm. So I was messing around the internet as usual, because that's what happens when I'm bored, going to the internet and stuff. <laughs> and I came across an article where I, bo- I want to say it was Iran. Iran? I want to say it was Iran.
1: Oh, I and know where was, you're going. Talking about yeah, the whole it Jerusalem was like thing. The,
0: yeah it was like the world judo championships or something it it was something Mm -hmm. and he wasn't like he was supposed to not compete against the israeli guy yes like they wanted him to um like they wanted him to um you know leave the tournament or whatever the case may be and he still went and did it
1: yeah so iran uh for the last many many years has boycotted um they, they refuse to fight Jerusalem fighters in any tournaments. Um, because, you know, next next to the great Satan America, Jew, Jerusalem is the next biggest enemy. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's a whole... Uh, it, I don't want to say a Muslim thing per se. It's uh, an Islamic thing. And it's yeah. usually the, um, the Islamic fascist type. So... Um, Yeah, uh, so this guy, the Iranian fighter is actually a really good judoka, a really good fighter.
0: Um, Yeah.
1: So he decided, uh, I guess he'd had enough of it, and he actually defected. And I forget which um, embassy he went to. It wasn't the United States embassy, but he went to one of the embassies. Donald wouldn't let him in. Right. Listen, it's bad. Okay. Uh, I know you're Iranian and everything, but you can't come to my embassy. It's not, I'm not going to have it. Okay. I I know there's a wall around it. I built it. Believe me. I know. It's amazing. But you're not coming in. (laughs) But anyway, yeah. So he went to uh, one of the other countries' embassies. And from what I understand, they were actually able to sneak him out. So he's no longer in Iran.
0: Okay. Yeah, I just I came across it. I, I was you know and me being oblivious as always. I I was really I had no idea. Yeah. You know because listening to you you and Professor Nicole and Sensei um Frankie was name. Frankie, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they talk about how judo is well respected around the world. And, you know, I remember um, first Nicole used to talk about how women are more respected in judo than they are in jiu jitsu. And this, you know, I was really surprised. Mm, I don't know about that. See that. Uh,
1: I, I'd say it's probably about it's probably about even uh, probably and, about even. And if anything, I would say that jiu-jitsu women in jiu-jitsu is actually probably moving ahead of of judo now but um yeah i mean I,
0: you know i could have misquote her but i i know it's something somewhere around the lines of that
1: mm-hmm. well for well, the longest time in japan uh women could not train with the men and uh when they got there when they received their black belts there was a white uh basically a white stripe going around the black belt it was just just another way of of putting women down saying that you're not as good as uh, you're not as good as men essentially thankfully they have moved well away from that and that's no longer the case but there's still there's still some old farts out there that that uh, kind of subscribe to that thinking
0: i don't know man i feel like women in jiu-jitsu like there's so much good fighters out there you know and but people are just—I hate to say it—but the Western world, sex sells. You know, you could be like, you could be the best, you could be the, like the greatest at jujitsu, mm-hmm. and still get shitted on if you ugly-looking, like like me.
1: It, well, true story. No. I mean, wait, what? <laughs> uh, no, um, sec, you're, you're right. Sex sells, but there's a difference between you know selling sex and sexism. Um, that's and, true. And so that's that's essentially what was going on in that world for for decades is sexism. So uh, not allowing females to be equal, and yeah. and uh, I mean. You know, Nicole's a um, perfect example. There's there's women out there that will just that just throw you all over the damn mat before you even knew what happened. Same with jujitsu. Yeah. You know, they'll tie you up in a pretzel before you can blink an eye. Yeah. So it, it doesn't have anything to do. I'll tell you what. When I was teaching uh, judo, my best students, I always liked teaching women more than I did guys. And it's not because they were chicks, so shut up. But... Because um I
0: didn't say
1: that. <laughs> you were thinking it. You're totally thinking it. But it it's basically because um and this is gonna sound sexist, but it's not. So hear me out before you get all pissy. Um women are obviously weaker than men, right? It's genetics. It's, it's just genetics, how it is. Yeah. Uh women typically don't have the ego that that a man does. So and women are Way better listeners And they learn way quicker Than men do Um, At least in you know In the judo martial arts realm Because women already know from the start That they don't have the strength that men do And if you're going to go up there And you're going to try to fight strength to strength You're going to lose 20 times out of 10 You know what I mean Um, But they listen They pay attention more And they use the techniques that they're taught And they do them correctly Uh, Whereas it takes forever To get a guy To swallow his pride Lose his ego Learn not to use strength And learn to do the technique correctly It's just um, Mm -hmm. It's painful So uh, for that reason For that reason I always enjoy teaching women more
0: You know like I've been To Three different gyms Throughout my jiu-jitsu career I mean the first gym we're not even going to talk about. Like, I walked in there and <laughs> he taught a flying armbar. A flying armbar. Your first day. My first day as a, as was a, a flying armbar.
1: As a brand new white
0: belt. Brand new white belt. I didn't know how a shrimp. I didn't know what a break fall was. I didn't know what a technical stand-up was. But he showed me a flying
1: armbar the instructor did i was
0: yes oh. i was so terrified and the only reason why i even stepped on the mat to do jiu jitsu because at the time i was training muay thai but everybody was like oh you got to do jiu jitsu mm-hmm. like all right whatever my very first class was a flying armbar <laughs> and i kid you not i almost after that class i was not going to come back and then another fr- Uh, Another female that was training with me She was just like, no, just stay, it gets better Blah, 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 and it stuck with it, right Mm -hmm. Anyway, long story short So The three gyms You know, that I trained at And I'm at my third gym right now The instructor, the professor Always said that It is easier to teach women it is easier, and then women get the technique totally faster. Yep, it's you know true. What I mean, and like, and I know uh, my professor now he talks about how if you want to um, learn technique, roll with a female.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it, that's why Chad's so good.
0: Oh, this is true. Whoa. Oh, this is true. Yeah, he is good. Chad Chad <laughs> is
1: good. Creepy Uncle Chad. So. anyway
0: so okay my thing is cuz i'm fairly new into this whole entrepreneurship thing mm-hmm. you know what i mean i'm i'm winging this i guess you could say i mean i got i do get advice from ricardo and everybody here and there and stuff so what was your biggest challenge far as opening your own business
1: so i'm i'm still struggling with that challenge and the challenge is getting clients um Mm -hmm. it's tough to break into this this market it's you know photography is a very heavily saturated market but um you know with doing more than just photography with doing video production video editing and the use of drones um You would think that it would give me an up, an edge, but, you know, just moving, moving here and, and not knowing anybody when they got Mm -hmm. here, that's the biggest challenge. So I'm trying to break into, to a market where nobody knows me. Um, so getting clients is, is the toughest thing to do, but I've, I've got, um, right now I've got one steady client, um, and I'm doing some video editing for them. And we're doing doing about one a week for them. They do like a, uh, some kind of, it's kind of like a talk show or something like that. I don't really know. Um, right. So, I, uh, yeah, so I'm working with them and, and uh, <clears throat> trying to get my foot in the door, I gave him a ridiculous rate. So, uh, ridiculously low rate. So, it, it's, right. um, that's going to help. And, you know, just getting um, getting the word out that's that's gonna be huge it's gonna be huge huge <laughs> it's gonna be Word so mouth, big right? yes it's gonna be like china
0: I'm gonna be like china
1: china I'm gonna build the wall it's gonna it, be huge well you know the wall worked for china why can't it work for us
0: <laughs> have you seen the movie the great wall with mark Wahlberg? it's a pretty mm, good movie no you should watch it if you like sci-fi shit awesome mm, movie
1: no well, you suck. I really don't like sci-fi, so I mean, nothing, really? nothing against it. I just, it's not my thing. Uh, it's, it's, not, it's not my
0: bag, it's okay. baby. It's okay. I don't like chick flicks, and I'm a chick, so
1: <laughs> that makes no sense. But <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Yeah,
0: oh, maybe, you know, you know uh,
1: another another uh, shameless plug. So I, I talked, ab- I talked about the film that I'm that I'm doing, right? Well, I have started, uh, the, the film is based on the short story that I wrote. And, you know, when I say short story, it's about, it's about 30 pages and about maybe five, 6,000 words. So I have, uh, started writing, um, kind of like a sequel to it. And this time mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be a novel. Um, so it's going to take me quite a while to finish, but I'm already, I don't know, Eight nine thousand words into it, and I just finished developing characters. So now it's time to start working on the plot. But uh, I'm excited about it. I'm gonna see if I can't get it. Um, see if I can't get it published.
0: So what got what got you into writing? And did you take any classes and stuff like that? Because nope, you just did it.
1: Mm-hmm. So okay, um, I'm listening. As, as you know. As you know, I, I also suffer from PTSD and mm-hmm. I have nightmares from time to time
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I had a dream. It was like it's one of those, you know how those super realistic dreams are where right. you think it's really happening and you're feeling in your sleep and you wake up com- completely drenched in sweat and, and, and yeah. all, all freaked out, heart racing and everything. Well, I had a dream that I was in a rest area and I got attacked by some fucking dude. Um, so it took me a while to go back to sleep. And while I was sitting there trying to go back to sleep, I'm thinking, you know what? I can make this into a, I can make this into a story. So that's what I did. I made it into a story. And if you wanted to, um, if you want to read that story, you can find it on Amazon. Uh, it is titled "A Time to Abdicate," A B D I C A T E, abdicate, and uh, it is super expensive to buy. It's a whopping ninety-nine cents. So,
0: um, can I get that on Kindle?
1: Yeah, <laughs> actually, you can.
0: Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna buy it tonight, right then get that stuff in Kindle. But
1: it's a, yeah, it's, how it's how a short story. Um, it's the first thing I ever yeah. had published, okay. so that's kind of cool.
0: Okay. But, um, yeah, because so <clears throat> my backstory, real quick. So, <clears throat> growing up, you know, you already know my story, mm-hmm. you know, the way how I grew up. So, I used to read a lot. Mm-hmm. All, it, all I ever did was read because it helped escape sure. from what I was going through, right? I also used to, man, I'm, I can't believe I'm about to say this publicly. I also used to write a lot like just write i used to just sit down and just jot, jot down and just write and write and write and write you know it was everything from fantasy to sci-fi it was just whatever i could do to escape so right now i write third about 10 20 minutes a day sometimes mm-hmm. 30 minutes of what's going through my head because what i v- eventually want to do i want to do like a kind of like a biography almost mm-hmm. i forgot what they called it there's another word for it but you know it's it's just
1: a biography you know about, about your
0: life well yeah yeah but have a character to go with it oh. does that make sense yeah oh, yeah so um, it's like, it's
1: fiction but it's based yeah. on i got you i'm tracking
0: yeah you're tracking out yeah I'm and tracking. you know and i kind of want to do that because I swear up and down, like you know. I mean, I, I can make a lifetime movie and make freaking millions of dollars. <laughs> you know, but yeah. So as
1: so, let me ask you, what? Why? Why were you so he- hesitant and embarrassed to say that you you wrote that you like to write?
0: I'm always hesitant and embarrassed of the certain things I do and. A lot has to do with, um, because everybody perceives a certain thing about me,
1: mm-hmm.
0: where I'm not.
1: Well, you, you gotta know what you gotta stop giving a fuck what people think about you.
0: Yeah, I, I know, but it's just, and plus, the, plus the way how I grew up, just you know, I, I there's no support system, mm-hmm. right? My support system is the people I meet at jiu-jitsu and my now boyfriend and my one and only brother that I have. Mm-hmm. Those are my support system. So it's hard for me to come out with what I like and what I like to do and why, why I'm doing things. Does that make sense? Cause growing up, you know, the, the way how I grew up, people are so judgmental.
1: Yeah. But you know what? That's, that's being it's, immature. It's, it's being in high school. Um,
0: yeah I mean it's, it's still stuck in my head so I'm trying to I mean this, you know but this is why I'm doing this podcast this, doing this podcast doing a podcast and I know we talked about it before having a podcast is me coming out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. and being out there and getting out there you know I talked to um, I remember I had you know because I do personal training and um, I message Antoine Britt one day I was like, I was like Antoine He's like, "What's up?" I was like, "Antoine, I need help. I mean, how do I get more clients? How do I do this?" And he goes, "You want my advice?" I was like, "That's why I'm asking you." You know what he told me? Hmm. Put yourself out there. You got to. And this is this is you know so during this podcast and coming out with certain things, I feel like this is my way of putting myself out there. Mm-hmm. If it makes
1: sense. So podcasting can be very therapeutic, believe it or not. Um, that's why I like doing. It. I love, um, I love doing it because I, I talk to so many different people from so many different walks of life, and uh, you can you can learn even from the crazies if you know what I mean. You can always learn yeah. something from somebody. Um, but yeah, it's therapeutic to me. I enjoy the talking. But you definitely. Fuck a support system. I know that sounds crazy. You gotta, you gotta set your goals and you gotta go for them and fuck everybody else.
0: If and trust me, I'm, I'm learning that and I'm, that's why I'm, you know, that's why I'm doing it. I mean, that's why I, I'm i doing that whole, I, I'm writing, writing stuff down. I mean, I used to, I used to keep journals upon journals upon journals, like, for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Do you still and have them? Because I moved, huh? Do you still have them? Well that's the problem because I moved so much I lost every single one of them. No. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. So now like I'm just I just I love writing and people laugh at me and my friends make jokes about, you know, I mean sometimes, you know, my spelling or my grammar or or this or that. But to be honest with you, I'm good at grammar. <laughs> No, you're not. But, yeah, I am. <laughs> but the way, but when I'm really comfortable in the way how I write, you know, I kind of like, I feel like, if I use grammar, if I become like, I you know I talk perfect and I talk perfect grammar and all the other stuff, I'm not getting across who I am. If that makes sense. So, like, like with today, take for example, today we went to that wellness fair, right? Mm-hmm. And I met a lady that has a hemp farm out in North North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And we were sitting there and we were discussing about hemp seed oil and stuff. Because, you know, I own a soap company. So I was trying to get hemp seed oil. And she was talking about, well, you should put CBD. So we're sitting there discussing. Disgusting. 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 Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, you're so good at grammar.
0: Um, Yeah. Well, you know what? I am like three four beers down Mm -hmm. so we're discussing it and i looked over to my boyfriend and he looked at me with this weird look and i'm like i'm not understanding why he's looking at me at the weird look so after i get done talking to her i walk away and he was just like oh so you do know how to speak (laughs) and i was like what are you talking about and he was like he's like babe all I hear you, you you speak is like you have busted up grammar. I was like you you cuss like a sailor. Sometimes I don't know what you be saying, and I'll be like, and I told him I was like, well, you know, sometimes I was like I turn it on and off. Mm-hmm. You know, I turn it on, I, I turn it on and off. But yeah, so I'm always writing, man. Like every day, I take fifteen to twenty minutes and I write, and it's like. I don't write how my day is going. I write what's on my mind. Mm-hmm. So if I'm having a bad PTSD day, I write it down. You know what I mean? You should. I just, I just write. If I'm having a good day, I write it down.
1: You absolutely should. And I just realized I fucked up. God damn it. I mm-hmm. uh, trying to upload a video from the last podga- podcast I did on Wednesday and, and I did but um, I uploaded to the MadSys Productions page instead of Nothing's Off the Table page so and it only Mad took Sis like Production. an hour and a half or some shit to upload it so now, I have
0: to ask you what made you come up with that name MadSys Production?
1: so that's, that's a very good question uh, what do you think it means Mad Sis. hmm
0: Well, um, kind of like a Mad Hatter type deal.
1: Survey says, eh, wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so first time. Yeah. So, Mad Sis, uh, if you look, if you actually look at my uh, logo, my older logo, mm-hmm. if you look at the film strip, mm-hmm. in the center of those strips on each one of the frames, it has, um, a silhouette of a dog in each one. Um, so Maddie and Sissy were my dogs that are no longer with Aww. us. So what I did is I took one of their pictures, uh, one of each, and I photoshopped their picture, I turned it into a silhouette. And I put that silhouette in each frame of the, uh, of the film strip. So that's where that name came from. That's so sweet So
0: girly over here Yeah those
1: are our babies before we had our babies So um, Yeah so that's where that name came from
0: I like your babies though They're awesome Yeah they're
1: okay No they're really good kids Um, They they really are Can't complain
0: Mine turns 21 next year
1: Holy shit You're old
0: Yeah Not as old as you I just started young, member.
1: True story.
0: <laughs> I just started
1: late. From, from yeah, what I know, anyway. I,
0: know. <laughs> I regret nothing. I won't have any more kids, though.
1: No? no. Me neither.
0: It's too... Yeah, it's too much for me to carry it. it because of... Because of Steve. <laughs>
1: Sorry, I just... Bless you, bro.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, do you have any future projects? Uh. Besides the one that you're working on now, or what? So, alright. So, I'm going to be straight up corny, right? Yep. So, where do you see your, um, you know, your podcast going, and MadSys production, as far as your filming and your writing going?
1: Um, so, first and foremost, I am not doing any of this to try to make money. I'm doing it right. because right. it's something that I enjoy doing it's a way that that I can express myself and being in the Navy as long as I have I feel like for the last 30 years all my creativity has been suppressed because I I put myself 100% into my work um, so now that I'm I'm coming to the end of my career I want to rekindle that creativity that I had when I was a kid so um, it's a great question I don't know you know I know that's that's one of the hallmark questions that any employer will ask you uh, right. you know if you're looking for a job or anything you, you know for an employment purpose that's a great question to ask but honestly I at this point I don't know um, the podcasting I'm going to keep doing it I enjoy it I'm, I'm just going to keep doing it um, but we On the plus side, we are starting to grow So, for example, my podcast on Wednesday night Reached uh, over a 1,000 people, almost 2,000 people Um, And the other one that I did that I'm co-hosting Reached over 2,000 people So, you know, um, I just want to keep going with that And if it gets anywhere, great And if it doesn't, that's great too uh, as far as the company goes, I I don't know. I just want to uh, I just want to keep doing it uh, because I enjoy it, and it's something that can keep me busy um, after I retire.
0: Okay. Are you see doing more short films in the future? Um, yeah. Do you want to do more films? Yeah,
1: I do want to do more. films. Write more
0: books. <laughs>
1: well, I want to write the book I'm writing now. That's. Uh,
0: Right.
1: I want to finish that, and then if I, you know, once I finish that, we'll see where it goes. And you know, it would be really cool if, even if this book doesn't, if if I don't get it published, I would like to try to get it published through a publisher. But if I can't get it published there, I'll do another self-published through Amazon. Mm -hmm. Um, It would be really cool if it got picked up and somebody adapted it into a movie. Like, yeah like big big time not load time like me
0: yeah well maybe i need to call some friends and uh, get jason momoa
1: yeah hook it up
0: <laughs>
1: but uh, yeah, yeah so that's i don't know um and as far as the company goes i just want to continue to continue to try to get get clients and you know the the thing is is society nowadays is a, I want it now type of society. And and what people will have to realize is that, um, things, things like this take time, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and I'm in it, I'm in it for the long haul and I'm just going to keep doing it and keep doing it. And I will eventually build a client base and, and we'll just go from there.
0: You ever think about, I know we talked about this, but you know, just to clear the record, are you still against opening your own school or going back to teaching judo or and stuff like that? Yeah, I, mean, I know we talked about opening your own gym and stuff like that, but I know you're against that because, I mean, I, I mean, I want to open my own gym, but I'm going to be honest, I want to get a partner so they can run all that BS side and I can just teach. So,
1: yeah, um, are you
0: are you against? teaching like if you find a school that wants you to teach judo would you go and teach or because I feel like you know you have great knowledge and from the few classes I took before the back told me not to do it anymore <laughs> I mean I, I enjoyed your teaching
1: well you know? I appreciate that um, I did a lot of soul searching with that and I'm, I'm not a <sighs> When you say against, it makes it sound like, no, fuck, fuck anybody that wants to do that. No, 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 no. With, with me. Sorry,
0: I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> um,
1: seeing what Ricardo goes through, um, it's, it's a tough market to break into, number one. Number two, mm-hmm. I'm nowhere near as good as Ricardo. Uh, number three, I don't want to be tied down like that. You know, when you run a business like that, you're. You're pretty much stuck there You know You can't uh, You know There's Forget vacations You're not going to take a vacation Now he, He's finally not. to the point now Where he's got Two other What Two other black belts In there now mm-hmm.
0: He's got two other black belts he got He's got Chad too mm-hmm. You know
1: So he's yeah. finally getting to the point Where he could have somebody Cover for him For a week or so But You know When he first started out Of course He had he had to lure but we won't even go into that but um oh god no, we won't but you know he couldn't go anywhere and he was yeah. he was definitely tied to that gym and i know he loves it but uh um and i i would love it too but i know connie wouldn't so because connie likes to travel and go on vacations and things like that and if i were to open a gym Number one, I don't have the capital to do to do it right now. Number two, it, again, it would just probably cause friction on our relationship because of the fact that I would be I would be there all the time. Um, so yeah, it's it's pretty much off the table.
0: Okay.
1: Now, if somebody wanted to, I don't know, if I went to go train somewhere and they wanted me to teach, yeah, I, I would consider teaching again. But it's not my place. Does that make sense?
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, when I open my gym, you're gonna come cheat uh
1: If you open it here,
0: because I'm not <laughs> moving.
1: I'm done moving. Does,
0: does, doesn't St. Louis like snow?
1: Yes, <laughs> no. a lot. I'm one. Nope, I'm okay. You've been to monica. Th- there's
0: enough snow in Virginia.
1: No, there's huh? th- what? No, there's not.
0: Yes, there is enough for me.
1: You've been to Monacana. You're good.
0: Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. I don't like the cold.
1: I don't particularly like it either. But at least there's seasons here. Which is I nice.
0: Like seasons. Halloween is a season, right?
1: No. Anyway, look at the time. I gotta go. No, I'm just
0: kidding. <clears throat> <laughs> Halloween is my favorite season. All right.
1: It's not a season. So far
0: as- Do not break my dream. It's a season. Oh, okay. It's a season, okay? (laughs) September first till like Halloween is a season.
1: You um you lie to yourself all you want, don't lie to me.
0: I'm not lying to myself.
1: (laughs) Wait, you're definitely
0: lying to me. I'm not lying to myself. Okay. You know how many like horror movies come out and then I'm going to the Excuse me, that Scream Expo that I got going on?
1: It's it's a time of year. It's my
0: favorite season.
1: And I enjoy it too. I I enjoy that time of year.
0: All right, so tell me about your upcoming guest that you got going on.
1: uh, Let's see. I have a young lady coming on, not next week, but the week after, um, that I served with. She is. Collaborated. She got out of the Navy. She's now collaborating with some Navy SEALs, and they're doing like a wellness type of uh, fitness thing for veterans. So we're going to have her on. And then on the 2nd of October, <clears throat> we're going to have a lady on by the name of uh, Michelle Belanger. Uh, Belanger, Belanger, depends on if you're from France or you're from the Cajon area. But uh, she is a um, Psychic And if you go to her website She's a self-proclaimed Psychic vampire Which I don't know what that is Oh god But uh, we'll, we'll find out And um, but she's been psychic. on Yeah psychic vampire
0: So psychic vampire They feed off her energy
1: Oh is that People. what that is
0: Yeah they feed off So they don't bite or suck the suck the blood, but they feed off of your energy. So <clears throat> Oh my god. I'm about to come out of come out of the closet. So <laughs> you know, we all have energy, right? Whether it be negativity or positivity or whatever it can whatever it may be. What a psychic vampire does, they feed off of your energy. Okay.
1: Talk to me goose.
0: And so I don't know much about it but I do know that they supposed to acts ask ask, ask Axe. permission I dude, Axe. they right they're supposed to ask permission to take your energy. Does that make
1: sense? like the old vampire movies you know you have to be invited in I guess.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, I think... I think it's
1: a crock of shit. You think it's a crock of shit? Yeah. Well, if you want me to hear anything, you better stop whispering, because... You know I, I think, can't hear shit. I mean...
0: Shit. I think, honestly, I think it's more of the New Age bullshit, right? hmm Because... There's also people walking around who's like, "Oh, I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire, right?" And they literally like try to suck other people's blood.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, it's it's totally. I mean, it's 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 honestly part. I feel like it's part of this new age stuff, you know, <laughs> the crystals. And well, that really sucks. Yeah, I Hold mean. Thank you very much. I mean, I'll, I'll love to hear what she has to say. So, you know, I'm going to tune in. Well,
1: uh, the thing is too, is, so I wanted to do a show on the occult and she's been on oh, my on, favorite. If you've ever watched Annie and you've mm-hmm. seen some of the, what's it? I'm trying to think of the name. Uh, it was paranormal state. If you've ever watched mm-hmm. that show, she's been on there several times. And she's she's been on a couple of the other um, ghost hunting type shows. Right. So it'll um it'll be interesting.
0: It'll be. It would be. I mean, I'll, I'll love to dig. You know, I mean, you know me. I've i recently been digging into the occult stuff, so I'll love to see. You know, hear her thoughts on Alistair Crawley and Pete Carroll, and.
1: Well, you know, we'll be live, so be sure to call in. Oh, you know I'm gonna call in You know <laughs> it So Yeah so okay, it'll be it would uh, be interesting And then um, ah. I'm kind of changing up The format a little bit Of my show mm-hmm. So um, You know I have a A new Kind of interim Co-host Who Fills in for Chad When he can't be there Which is A lot lately And uh That's not Chad's fault You know he's uh He's on the road a lot
0: Yeah he's on the road a lot Yeah
1: So uh, Vinny Vinny is my Mm co-host And uh, So the way we're gonna Kind of Change the format up A little bit Vinny is Is not military Mm
0: -hmm.
1: He's from New York You know over there Mm -hmm. With those guys And
0: Yeah uh, I hate New York So
1: We have some things in common But we don't have a lot in common Which I think is great So Yeah we're going to... The way we're going to do format is we're going to do guests still, but we're not going to do them all the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we're going to uh, develop topics and we're going to talk about it. And as always, the room is always open for comments. And of course, the phone lines will always be open so people can call in. Speaking of people calling in, fucking Jeff has called in like the last three shows. Shepherd. Yeah drunker than shit and um, <laughs> the last one we just we had to I, I had to let him go I'm like all right dude uh you're trying to tell me a 10 second story in 10 minutes and uh yeah we gotta go so um loving him to death but I had to cut him off man it's like god damn can, can we finish can we finish the story before I retire next year
0: <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I haven't like I mean, we talked a little bit here and there since he uh, left the gym. I, I know he's training somewhere else. Oh, is he really? I think it's, yeah, he's training at like Tidewater, BJJ. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, he told me about it. So. Oh. But yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, we talked here and there, but that's, that's, that's about it. Mm. But he's, yeah.
1: Interesting. Yeah, yeah the things you learn on podcasts.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, you know, because I, yeah, I stopped the blue. You know, I mean, everybody, you know, how I am. People like to talk to me and tell me shit. Mm-hmm. I don't fucking why? Oh, Speaking yeah. of telling me stuff, if you're listening to the podcast, be careful what you tell me, because let me tell you something. If you don't tell me that it's not a secret and not to tell anybody,
1: <laughs> she's a gossip whore.
0: <laughs> I'm not a gossip whore. Sure, it's just not. if it comes up. If it comes up, I will say something. But if you tell me not to tell anybody, I won't say anything. I'll be like, oh, that's interesting.
1: So like I said, she's a gossip hoover.
0: <laughs> no way, dude. All right. So far as people like me that is starting off in podcasts, hmm. do you have any advice? Yes. For the po-
1: I have lots of I advice. Get,
0: not, not personally.
1: Um, you already told me personally, but you know. Yeah. yeah. So, um, oh you know, podcasting is awesome, and you don't need a lot of money to get started. Um, oh, no you don't. The, the best, the best thing is you have to do show prep. You have to prepare for your shows. You can't be scared. You, you have to be yourself when you come on. When you do a podcast, um, there is a a person I know that you don't. But I'm still not going to mention any names. That um, is a super great guy when you're bullshitting with him. But then when the microphone gets turned on and the camera goes on, he he's like freezes, and it's um yeah. So you got to remember, it's it's a it's an audio medium. It's not a visual medium. So uh, people people are not going to be. St- able to see what you're doing so you have to remember to be able to paint that picture for them um and then uh you know nothing nothing's gonna happen overnight for you you know it's something that you're gonna have to just keep at and keep at and keep at and you'll get better every show but you have to be able to grab that listener's attention within the first minute and if you don't then you've you've lost them pretty much forever so and some of the other things that, that I would say for your listeners, if you're, if you're interested in starting a podcast, make sure it's in an area that is not too specific, because if you do, you will run out of topics. And I'll,
0: I'll give you an example. <laughs> learned that the hard way.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, well, I did too, you know. So my first podcast that I started was um, Thrown Down with Andy and Ricardo, and it was all about Judo and jujitsu, more so jujitsu. But after a while, you run out of things to talk about. So, Mm -hmm. even if you have different guests come on, um, it's still just jujitsu. So don't uh, don't put yourself in a corner with with doing something like that. You know, make sure it's a broad enough topic that you will have something to talk about um, each podcast. And consistency is the key. You gotta, you know. You got to keep doing the shows. You can't do one show and then a month later do another, or you know, two months down the road.
0: Um, <laughs> That's my problem. <laughs> well, like anything else in life,
1: yeah, you, you have to commit. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. um, it's great fun and it's therapeutic, but it's at the end of the day, you, it's still work if you want to be successful. Um, right. It's it's very enjoyable work, but you know, there's there's some prep and some work that goes into it.
0: Right?
1: Did right. I answer your question?
0: Yes, sir, you did. I actually next Sunday, next Sunday, on the fifteenth. Yeah, ooh, this May, oldest brother's birthday. 15, oh yeah, 16, whatever. Yeah, no, we're not even gonna talk about him. Okay, squash out the memory. Um, I'm actually interviewing. Well, I wouldn't even say interviewing. Um, Dora is coming on the show. Excellent, Yay, Dora. Dora, yeah, the so explorer. I'm pretty excited about that. Back, the back, back, back. You know back. I'm gonna call her that. <laughs> you know I'm gonna call. You know I'm gonna call her that too. Back, back, yeah, back, back. So. back.
1: I'm the map. I'm the map. I'm the map. I'm the map.
0: Never watched it.
1: How dare you?
0: You ain't missing well, out on daughter. nothing. Yeah, my daughter didn't like Dora Explore. My daughter's weird. She like SpongeBob. She still does. SpongeBob, give me a break. Mm-hmm. Fuck SpongeBob. She loves SpongeBob. So my next question to you is we're going to go back to um, the military part. Um, What made you join the military and how old were you when you joined the Navy?
1: So as cliche and as corny as it may sound, I was 18 years old and I joined the military for the sole reason of wanting to serve my country. Patriotism. You know, you're like
0: the second person that said
1: that when when I when I came in 30 years ago they really didn't offer you know college and things like that it was you came in because mm-hmm. you were either wanted to serve or you were told that you're either going to serve or go to jail so mm-hmm.
0: yeah
1: um you know but it's since progressed over those 30 years where there's a lot of incentives to try to to try to maintain recruiting. And, you know, nowadays you see, especially after uh, September 11th, which is coming up next week. um,
0: Never forget.
1: There's there's another, you know, there there was another surge in patriotism. So Mm -hmm. you will see a lot of people join in again for that. But, you know, what are you going to do?
0: What are you going to do? So that's why I joined.
1: That's my story.
0: You know, this is, this is going to sound funny. Um, I joined, right? Mm-hmm. Growing up, I knew I was going to go into the military, like, from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And as long as I, I could remember, because it was my ticket off the rock. There you go. It was my ticket off the island. It was my ticket away from my situation. I originally was going to join the Marines. I could see that. Yo, I had, like, I had Marine posters all over my room, and then I got pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, my daughter was about 15, 16 months. I was living in California because I moved to Cali with um, baby daddy. <laughs> right. We're, we're not even going to get into that. Moved to Cali with baby daddy and walked into the recruiter's office and the Marine guy was like, yeah, you're going to have to lose weight, <laughs> right? Navy guy came around the corner and was like, I'll take you.
1: There you go. You That's know, speaking of that, the Navy. <laughs> there there was an article that just came out that said Navy is the fattest out of all the branches.
0: I'm not surprised. Me neither. Surprised. Yeah. Me he neither. a lot. Drink to the sure foam. Drink a lot. Just saying. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's part of our like fight song. You it, know what I mean.
1: It actually is. Yeah, it's it an anchors away.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. But yeah, so that's that's how I that's how I ended up in the military is my ticket, and I wouldn't change it for the world, man. That's nope. a good time.
1: I, I wouldn't either. Clearly, if I wouldn't be in this long if <laughs> if I thought differently, but uh, I, I am definitely looking forward to
0: retirement. Yeah, I, you know, honestly, I wish I've known now what I knew back then. Mm-hmm. I probably would have stayed in longer because I had to get out. Like it was one of them things where it was like you either get out or you're going to be in so much shit.
1: I I hear so. that so many times from so many veterans.
0: Yeah, I'd I knew. if I knew, like, if I knew things now, if I knew what was going on with myself and all the other stuff now, I would have stayed in and would have been retiring next year.
1: You know, me yeah. too. I'm retiring next year.
0: Yay, you and everybody else. I think, yeah. Well, oh, Tony retires this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tony. Uh, Tony retires this year. I think um, you're... Uh, your twin brother, Ricardo, is going <laughs> to put into retirement to retire next year. So, yeah. And then, um, funny story, uh, my daughter's stepmom, Nicole, she's actually Air Force. Mm-hmm. So, she's retired next year in May. Nice. Yeah. So, she's like, are you, she's like, are you coming? I was like, of course I'm going to come.
1: So, yeah. She's yeah. Cool. I will re- uh, retire next Um August Nice That would give me Like I don't know 10 days Shy of 31 years Something like that
0: Holy shit
1: Yeah So It's uh It's good stuff
0: So 31 years in the Navy Right
1: Mm Mm-hmm So
0: I want to (laughs) hear Is that mint? Yes So 31 years in the Navy, what is your most funniest story? Because you know how much we love sea stories, right? Oh, God. Your your best port you ever went to, the lessons that you you have learned, and if you could have done anything differently, would you?
1: You said my last question. That was like 10.
0: That was 10. Okay. All right. So let's start with number one. Funniest story in the Navy. Funniest sea story you got.
1: I, I've got sea so story. many. <laughs> so many funny stories. I don't even know where to begin. Um, this may piss I off.
0: I one with Ricardo in it.
1: Um, I don't have any funny sea stories with Ricardo.
0: Okay, let's so skip it next. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, so Fleet Week New York 2008. Ooh. Got a couple couple funny stories from that so uh there's a recon senior chief buddy of mine and i we went on liberty and of course you know you had to be in your whites of course for new york fleet week and um we we had been drinking quite a bit mm-hmm. and um it was already it wasn't even like two in the afternoon. <laughs> And we'd already been boozing up pretty good. Well anyway, there was a couple of um there's a couple of young ladies in front of us that were from deck division on the ship. And uh we were walking down uh walking down the sidewalk and uh there's this uh this big muscle bound dude in a muscle muscle uh tank top on the side of the road un- unloading his car. And uh you know, I, I he's a good looking guy, I guess, you know, as far as, you know, that shit goes. Um and so uh, we told him, hey, go over there. Give us your camera. Go over there and, and uh, get some pictures with them." And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. So they give us their camera. And they go over there. And, and they're all hanging on him and everything and, and um, <clears throat> all that shit. And uh, his boyfriend walked out. And uh, his boyfriend looked at me up and down, you know, the whole slow from top to bottom, back up again. he says, mm, I love a man in uniform. and like i said i'd been drinking and so i wasn't thinking and the first thing out of my mouth was buddy i will fuck the fag right out of you and uh (laughs) he he didn't know what to say he just kind of sat there with his mouth open and uh i guess he was trying to i don't know what i guess he was trying to make me uncomfortable or something but my uh my buddy that was with me, he was laughing so hard. He had tears literally rolling oh down his God, cheeks. That is funny. Um, all right, so that's... I don't know if that's the funniest, but that's definitely... That it's It's definitely yeah. one of the, I don't know, probably thousands of stories I have. Um, all right, what was the next question?
0: Um, the, your best part, like the part that you really enjoyed, the country you really enjoyed, I guess. Like, if you could the one country that you would go back to again or live if you could
1: um like i one place. well that one's kind of hard because i'm i'm happy living where i'm at now but well yeah so uh, hong kong in 1992 we pulled into hong kong for a week of liberty and this was when it was Ooh. still under uh it was still under british yeah the british it was a colony of britain at the time yeah. So, um, I hooked up with, uh, I was with the infantry battalion. My buddy was with the um, uh, HMH-265, or HMM HMM-265, I'm sorry, which was a helicopter squadron, uh, 46 squadron. And we all just so happened to be on the same ship. We were on the USS Dubuque. So, Um, he had a guy in his uh, squadron who was Chinese, Uh, Jimmy Wong was his name, and he said, Hey you guys <laughs> my people. He says he says, You stay with me? No problems. We're like, All right, cool. So the whole time we're there, we had we, we didn't pay for anything to eat. We didn't pay for anything to drink. We uh
0: nice.
1: Yeah. We we had girls all over the place. Um we didn't pay any cover charge and any clubs. We went to a couple of these um uh these parties that were like being thrown by do you remember spree magazine
0: yeah so <laughs> yeah.
1: so people from a spree magazine were hosting this party we were in there you know um mm-hmm. nothing I, I mean we were eating good too i'm talking like good and i love duck yeah and and all <laughs> the alcohol um you know, the, the only money they spent was if we went and bought something to bring home or whatever, you know, but, um, right. so, I mean, it was, it was kind of a blur, the port, the port call, because we, we drank a lot, so getting mm-hmm. back underway, we got to talking, i like, Jimmy, what, dude, what the hell was that all about, right, how come we didn't pay for anything, and he tells, oh, my dad, he's, uh, he's part of the triad there,
0: <laughs> oh, I knew <laughs> I knew it. So that, I knew it.
1: That was really cool. All right, next
0: question. I knew it. Um, learning lessons in the Navy, like you know what I mean. I know we have a few learning lessons and stuff like that. <sighs> learning so. lessons.
1: Um, learning lessons.
0: If you could, you know what I mean. Does that am I making sense? I never make sense. Your your I word is
1: your word. If you tell somebody you're going to do something, do it. Um, that. And always back your people. Um, I'll give you a good example of that just the a couple months ago I had a brand new second class come to work for me and mm-hmm. um, he's coming from the active duty side of the house like I am and he he told this guy that he couldn't take the advancement exam because he wasn't in uniform mm-hmm. and and he showed it showed it to him in in the uh, the manual and everything and and uh the the guy's chief and his OIC were just really in his face and I backed him on it. Now, he was wrong. Because right. in the reserves, this guy hadn't even been issued his uniforms yet. So
0: Yeah.
1: We we I, takes a while. I, I smoothed it over and what I did is um I went to that OIC and that chief and I apologized and I said I was wrong. Um we were wrong Uh, I'm I'm not excusing it but I'm going to back my guy you know and then I will come to you later and apologize for it so two lessons out of that back your people but be man or woman enough to go and know when to apologize so that builds more credibility than anything else you can do Next question.
0: <laughs> I think that was that was my last question for you, yo. <laughs> Word. You know it's it, you know but it's it's funny you say that because when I look at you, um, when I look at Dennis, remember Dennis, right? Um, yeah. Papa Scully. Yeah. I, I look at Ricardo. I even Ben. Mm-hmm. Ben. Yep. And Ian, and the way all they. Talk and the way how they Back up Their people The way how they take care Of their people You know what I mean mm-hmm. I never had that
1: Well there's <laughs> some I, shitty leaders in the Navy mm-hmm.
0: You know what I mean I had I had shitty leaders yeah. I really Really did I had one Good leader One And at the time He was a second class His name is uh Ernest Ernest White, I call him E. He's he's still on my Facebook. Um, and oh, and Aaron Jackson. Sorry, Miss Jackson. Ooh. Oh, he was he was good Sorry. people. He was he's Aaron is good people. Now I I I sing that song to him. Aaron's good people, but it's like, you know, when it comes to the way I feel is like when it comes to military, it's like it's all about the leadership and the the sisterhood and the brotherhood. And that was that's one thing that really got me into um, jujitsu was because I missed the camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Does that make
1: sense?
0: Yep, hundred percent. I'm, I I I'm, I'm, I missed the camaraderie, and that's what really got me to, into jujitsu. So when I see, you know, my friends getting out the military, joining the police force, getting into jujitsu, and then I see my other friends who get out and don't get into that and the way how what they're going through it's you know that's that's one thing I miss I think that's you know one of the few things I miss is, is the camaraderie I mean we you know we had one mission we had one line I mean you know like any other job you, there's there's a bunch of bullshit and mm-hmm. there's people you hate there's people you want to choke there's people you want to stab just people you just want to throw off the
1: before day. Well, you know, that brings up a great point because there are people that work for me that I don't necessarily maybe like as a person that I damn sure wouldn't hang out with. Mm-hmm. But you best believe I, I take just as good care of them at work as I do everyone else. Because that's yeah, the, that's what being a leader is all about and you learn believe it or not you learn way more from the bad leaders than you ever do from the good leaders
0: I have so I have I have you know and it's and it's it's taught me like when I used to teach class and stuff or you know now being a higher belt you know Mm -hmm. both purple belts it's taught me how to Lead, but not lead like how they led. You know what I mean? Take all the bad stuff out of there. It's you know even, you know I'm I'm still working like on my leadership skills and stuff like that. But
1: and you always should.
0: Yeah, I mean as as far as the way how I try to hold myself. You know, I mean it, it took me a while, but now it's just like okay, you know what? I shouldn't do this. I should do this because you know, when you walk around and you you hold that rank, it's not the it's not just the reflection off of you. It's the reflection off of your leadership. It's the reflection off of your gym or it's a reflection off of your navy. You know, mm-hmm. I for very like for a very long time I hated the fucking navy. But it had nothing to do with the Navy itself. It had a lot to do with the leadership.
1: Mm-hmm. I feel like,
0: um, go ahead.
1: I I just believe that, um, I don't believe leadership can be taught. I think either you're a leader or you're not. You can be taught ways to improve your leadership if you're a natural born leader. But it's funny how the Navy does it. You get promoted and you may have never been in a leadership position before. Now you're thrust into one. We, we don't prepare our leaders in the Navy the way we should, <clears throat> and uh, it's it's pretty obvious, especially coming from the green side of the house, being with the Marines, to going to the blue side. It was a really tough adjustment for me. Um, so I was a chief when I went to my first blue side command, and and that was— oh,
0: Yeah, he was a corpsman, right?
1: Yeah, and that was really,
0: yeah.
1: really difficult. Um but uh leadership is character and you don't have to be a senior person to be a leader. That's that's the key. Right. I encourage everyone in my shop, I encourage them to come up with ideas. I will tell them what needs to get done and I let them go with it. And sometimes I'll let them fail on purpose because you have you have to fail to learn sometimes. As long as it's not detrimental to the mission or anything else like that, it's okay. You pick them up, you brush them off, and then you teach them why the decision that they made was not good and what they could have done better. Um, right. And uh, too many people, we're, we're in such a zero defect mentality nowadays. And I, And let me tell you what, doing that is not easy on me because... Mm-hmm. I have to take a lot of shit and I have to go answer the XO or the captain for it
0: I mean you're good at taking shit
1: I I am good at taking (laughs) shit I got thick skin but what am I teaching (laughs) them you know if if I don't Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not teaching them anything so but they they all know that I've got their back um Mm -hmm. and that I'm I'm gonna take care of them unless they do something really really stupid but you know.
0: So here's, here's here's my thing. How, what you, how, what you have learned or what you are learning as a leader in a Navy, mm-hmm. transition over to your business, your entrepreneurship, the stuff that you got running.
1: The, the main thing is discipline.
0: Um, right.
1: Which dis- I don't have discipline okay. and work ethic. <laughs> So the the biggest thing is, if you want to equate military to civilian, um, if I have a project that I'm working on, that's that is now the mission, and the mission right. has to, the mission has to get accomplished. Um, especially if you have a paying client, you can't you have to do everything you can to prepare yourself to be successful for not only yourself but for that client. Um, and I think that's um that's what a lot of civilian employers i i've fortunate been fortunate enough since i've been here in st louis to meet a lot of civilian contacts and that's what they all seem to tell me is that the reason why they hire veterans and especially retirees is that they know that they've um that they have that uh that drive that work ethic um they're disciplined um they can work on their own, and that's that's the biggest thing. I, I think that answered your question. I don't know. Maybe.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, th- I think it did. So what advice would you give someone that has that work ethic, has that drive, but is has that fear of taking that step?
1: If you have that fear, you don't want it bad enough. It's okay to have a little intrepidation mm-hmm. but if you suffer from paralysis by analysis mm-hmm. you're never going to go anywhere and what do, what do i mean by that the, what i mean is is that if you keep analyzing you keep analyzing and you keep telling yourself well, what if i fail or what if this doesn't go right or what if, and you never pull the trigger then you're you're bound to fail um, right. you you got to get out of that comfort zone and you have to take risks. Um, if you don't take, they have to be manageable risks. You know, you don't want to put yourself into uh, unrecoverable debt on something.
0: Speaking of risk, speaking of risk, I'm really good at that game. Well, in my childhood, I was used to whoop everybody's butt. Remember the board game Risk? Anyway, oh. um, my yes. Nerd Side is coming out. Yes. I also play Magic the Gathering. What?
1: Yep, you're a total geek.
0: Okay, anyway. Anyway, yeah, so you
1: you have to, um, (laughs) there's no guarantees in life. But if you want something bad enough, you have to take managed risks to go out there and put yourself out there and do it. Because if you don't, you're guaranteed to fail. Period. If you never try, you're never going to be successful.
0: I have to ask you You ever been to Thailand You know Yes The Philippines before they cut that port off Yep Is it what they All say Yep It is
1: 100% <laughs> Really 100% 100% percent
0: <laughs> i never been That's why I have to ask
1: Yep It's uh Yeah All the stories are true
0: All the mama-sans
1: <laughs> All the stories are true <laughs> Ping-pong balls, darts, banana show, everything.
0: <laughs> I remember, uh, my first deployment. not to get off subject, but my first deployment. check this out, right? We pulled into, where did we pull it into? I think it was a sandbox. I can't even remember where we pulled into. I was like, like it's my first appointment, and, um... I just got out of um, I just got out of I just left Pensacola So I went to boot camp Went to Pensacola For airman A school Because I lost my security clearance That's a whole different story You not what you mm. would get into it. <laughs> Yeah So um, They flew me out And I stayed Three days in Bahrain And I believe We pulled into the sandbox It's gotta Yeah I, think, I believe it was a sandbox But So long story short it Was like I don't know why the sandbox they did this, but they were giving away condoms. Hmm. As soon as you walked off the, the keep in mind. Now this was this was in two thousand and this was in two thousand and one. This is like early two thousand and one. This was like in February two thousand and one when this <laughs> happened.
1: Well, it it was it's standard it's standard practice, you know. Sailors are going to be I sailors. They're going to find the whores no matter where they go. And it's preventive medicine. And it's better to be, you know, to at least attempt to prevent the sexually transmitted infections than it is to treat them.
0: Speaking of preventive medicine, right? So, you're in medicine, right? Kind of, um, yeah. Well, you know what I'm talking about, right? So... <clears throat>
1: If it smells like cologne, leave it alone.
0: This whole holistic. So I went to a wellness fair today and it was all holistic stuff. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel about holistic medicine? Because I'm going to a holistic dentist to get my teeth pulled, but they're going to do it for free. That's the only reason why I'm going. So how do you feel about that? The whole holistic thing.
1: So keep in mind,
0: I'm
1: a a science-based guy, right? That's my background. However, Yeah,
0: that's why I'm asking you, Yeah, However, yep.
1: If it works for you, then do it. If people really, okay. if you really believe in it and it works for you, then do it. As long as, as long as no harm is being done, why not? I mean, Chinese, as you well know, fun. use, have been using acupuncture for thousands of years and they still use it. Yeah. And actually there yeah. are uh, Providers in the in the Military medical system now that are Getting certified in acupuncture And that's Kind of sort of a holistic approach In a way I yeah, mean I'm not going to be taking no Ground up deer penis and shit like that But uh...
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What about the um? So oh, The anti-vaxxers So when so a little backstory when my daughter called me and told me she was pregnant and stuff, you know what I mean? and Grandma and all the other shit. So when it was time for my grandson to get his shots, I specifically asked, told her to spread the shots out. Hmm. So I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but I believe in, you know, if spread the shots out because I feel like, I, I don't know because I'm not in medicine but I feel like giving the ch- giving an infant so many shots in one day just maybe it just breaks my heart. Well that's, freaks me out, that's probably
1: what it is. There there's something called evidence based practice which is what we mm-hmm. which is what the medical field goes on. And um, anti vaxxers I'm sorry, you're fucking stupid. You're stupid I'm
0: not an anti-vaxxer
1: Polio was eradicated Measles was eradicated And I mean non-existent Um, Thanks (laughs) Thanks to anti-vaxxers We are seeing a rise In outbreaks of measles Across the country Mm -hmm. And it's attributed to only one thing People not getting their children vaccinated And these diseases can kill So, which is the whole reason why we vaccinate.
0: So, and that's... Do you think, so far as spreading out the vaccinations versus just 10 vaccinations, you know, I know I'm over-exaggerating, but versus so many vaccinations in one, you know, in one day.
1: So so again it goes back to that evidence based thing. Right?
0: Okay. So I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm trying to figure out what is the um why they put so many vaccinations in one day versus just spreading it out. Like can we spread it out and it still have the same effects or do they have to have no uh, again their first okay.
1: Uh, again going go, you know i keep talking about evidence based practice and it's important that we bring right. that up because through the years and all of the research that has been conducted they have found that to to provide the most protection to the children that's why they have the scheduled doses the way they have them scheduled you have to remember when you're when you're yeah. young like that you don't have, especially when you're born, when you're born, you don't have an immune system. You have a little bit of one right. just just from, from the mother, but you mm-hmm. are at great risk for acquiring a multitude of infections and diseases at that stage of your life. Because you haven't, you haven't built up, that child hasn't built up that immunity. And so the reason right. we give them all at that time is the immune system is, is going to do what it does. And it's going right. to start building antibodies to the, the um, immunizations that we're giving. And that's all to protect. Now, if, if you, you give them all at once, you don't want to spread them out. Mainly, yeah, I'm not a pediatrician, so I, I'm not giving advice to anyone out there. The only thing I'm saying is get your fucking children vaccinated. Don't be stupid. Um, and they've yeah. disproven, they've disproven the whole autism thing. So everybody, oh
0: yeah, I think I think the the guy was nuts or something.
1: No, he's being yeah. paid.
0: Oh, he's been paid? He I, I being paid. I'm being paid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I am not against vaccinations. It's just for me, it's just like all that one time thing. I that's mean, that's just the mother
1: seen, in you. Is what it is.
0: Oh, okay. So he's saying I need to grow some balls?
1: Well, I'm no. What, I, what <laughs> I'm, I'm saying playing. is, that I'm as playing. as a I'm mother, playing. of course you don't ever want harm to come to <laughs> yeah. your child, right? And it, yeah, Nobody, yeah, Those no. those shots suck when you're a child. You know, mm-hmm. the child's gonna, mm-hmm. uh, the the child's gonna cry. Obviously, hell, I still cry yeah, when I, I get shots. Eight shots. But my my point is, um, get your children vaccinated. That's my point. Don't be yeah. stupid. You are putting, you know, not only are you putting your own child at risk when you do that, you're putting Everyone at risk Think about it You know As our president says We have an immigration problem Um, You've got all these people That are coming in Not every country In the world Vaccinates So they're bringing Their carriers They're bringing that stuff With them here And if you're not vaccinated You're at risk And so
0: I remember You know It's funny you said that Because I remember um, Let me see (laughs) When was was out to sea when George Bush declared war mm-hmm. back then. And I remember um, I had to get smallpox mm-hmm. and it was like I was talking to my boyfriend at that time, my ex-boyfriend. He was from Jamaica and he was telling me that he already got the smallpox shot. Like before he entered the US He had to get the yep. smallpox shot Before he entered the US And this was back in what 2002 or something 2002, 2003 when he was telling me about it And so I didn't know anything About the smallpox shot I was shocked, I was like wait a minute Why am I getting the smallpox shot But I ended up getting it Ooh. So but it's you, you know how it is, it's just whatever the Navy tells you to do I ended up um, I know they were doing because of the uh, Biological war Warfare Mm -hmm. at the time, so I got the the smallpox and the anthrax. But I didn't know that in order back then, in order to enter this country, if you're from another country, that Mm -hmm. you had to get smallpox.
1: Smallpox is another one of those diseases that has been eradicated. Yeah, um, in this country, and in this country, yeah, it's in most countries actually. However, it is easy. It's easy to develop that into a biological agent. So that's why you are immunized against it. Um, uh, I mean, I knew, shit! I Look, our this our country uh, infected thousands and thousands of Indians with smallpox.
0: I and, know, with the blankets. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, I, I, I know. Go ahead.
1: It's a horrible disease. It'll kill you.
0: Yeah, it is. I mean, like I said, I'm all about vaccination. I'm just, you know, trying to get the medical side of doing it all at one time versus spreading it out, and yeah. stuff like that.
1: Again, I'm not an expert, but right, I know enough to tell you: get your children vaccinated. Damn it! Don't listen to Alyssa Milano; <laughs> she don't know what the fuck she's talking about. Or or Jenny McCarthy, fucking idiots. Jenny McCarthy she's a fucking idiot well yeah, she was she the is. big she was one of the biggest proponents uh, of anti-vaxxing just yeah. speaking out of her ass because um, the whole- tell me tell me again what medical school she went to help me out here oh but yeah she's an actor she didn't yeah exactly so, you, so yeah, millions of people are taking these these uh, um, celebrities advice they don't know what the fuck they're talking about
0: that's the, t- that's the problem with being a celebrity, man. Watch what the hell you fucking say.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Jesus. Stick to acting.
0: Back this shit up. Stick to acting. <laughs> Stick to acting. Or back up what the hell you say. If you're going enough- to Be educated on, on it, right? You know? Yes, educated. Yeah, Yeah. Well, I think. <laughs> All right, um, so, go ahead. Yeah, I gotta let you go. because yep. I'm I'm I need to get some sleep. I got that seminar with um, oops, I don't even know her name. That one lady, oh, um, yeah, that one lady, she's a world champion. Oh, Lit.
1: Christina Barla on, uh, yes,
0: yes. I got the seminar with her, Christina, tomorrow. I'm very, very excited. That's you know, cool. I like to be learn different things from different people. And I'm sure Connie's wondering where the heck you at right now.
1: Yeah. Of course. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I appreciate you being on my show, man.
1: Yeah, man. Thank you for giving me the honor of, of being on the inaugural episode of, course. of the new of show. Course, well, real quick. What's the name yeah. of your show again?
0: My name of my show is called many who and friends. Yeah. Many and friends. I go ahead and um, talk story with all my friends that I met throughout my life, my new friends, old friends, friends on Facebook, friends are friends, right?
1: Friends are friends. Um, I like how you said that too. Keeping it local, kind talk story.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna talk stories. um, you know their li- their their life experiences. Um, I have some really good friends out there. People that own businesses. I have a comedian guy out there. You know, it's just good to sit around and talk story. I mean, who needs to get all riled up about?
1: Exactly,
0: exactly. Negativity.
1: Hey, before we go real quick, be sure to check out my show. Nothing's off the table every Wednesday night at 830 p.m. Central Daylight Time. It's on the Lose of the Radio Network on Facebook. We go live every Wednesday night. We talk about shit that Probably we shouldn't, but we do anyway, and um, for any veterans that are listening or first responders, we also host a show called uh, JTF 22 to 0, and that's also Wednesday nights. That's at 7 p.m. Central Time, and uh, we discuss uh, how we can help out veterans and first responders in dealing with depression, and um, how, how can we, our mission is to get that 22 a day to zero, so be sure to check that out. Also on the Loser Radio Network on
0: Facebook. So guys, check out Loser Radio Network. And also if you're in the St. Louis area looking for any type of media, go ahead and talk to Mr. Andy at MadSys Productions. And if you're here in Virginia Beach or in the Hampton Roads area and need some personal training, go ahead and contact me at the DeFirmaFit.com.
1: The firm of fit. Hey, and you don't even need to be in the St. Louis area. We, uh, you know, technology being what it is today, we've got drop boxes. You can, if you need video editing, photo editing, whatever you need, hook me up. Let me, let me, let me say that again. Let me hook you up. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Sys Productions on Facebook, and uh, if you want to check out some of my previous work, you can also check out our channel on uh, YouTube, also under Sys Productions. And, uh, let us put, uh, let's put your ideas to film.
0: There you have it guys. Well, again, thank you, Andy. I really appreciate you.
1: Yeah, man. Appreciate you too. And, uh, stick with this. Don't give up. It takes a lot of dedication and work, but it's, uh, it's so worth it in the long run.
0: I, 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 won't. I'm taking notes. I'm, I'm learning, you know, the more, the more podcasts I listen to, the more I listen to you guys on uh lose the radio the more i listen to um, other podcasts the, the better i get that's right
1: all right everybody hey thanks thanks for allowing me to come out here and uh tell a bunch of lies and have some fun and uh we'll catch you on the flip side